0: Inauguration Day definitely looked different this year. A smaller crowd, a distant ceremony, no luncheon, and no parade. However, in far from normal times, the ceremony delivered some sense of normalcy to many Americans. I'm Joe Moronsky, and this is The Political Informant, your place for Fact First Politics. So let's go through the day. This morning, President Trump delivered one last address behind the presidential seal from Joint Base Andrews during his farewell ceremony. Now, upon his arrival from the White House, President Trump delivered a brief speech in which he spoke about his record and the future. Staffers for former President Trump say that he did have a speech written in which he acknowledged President Biden by name. However, Trump decided to go off script and speak from his heart instead. In it, he said, quote, they have the foundation to do something really spectacular, referring to the Biden administration. Former President Trump also said that, quote, we will be back in some form. Trump has not ruled out a run in 2024, and many on the right believe that this was his way of saying he'll be running again. While President Trump exited the stage, President Biden and Dr. Jill Biden exited the Blair House, which is the White House guest house right across the street. It's tradition for the president-elect to stay there the night before the inauguration, but we've seen a lot of things break with tradition this year. President Trump then boarded Air Force One and headed to his Mar-a-Lago resort, a new residence. Prior to the inauguration, President Biden and Dr. Jill Biden attended mass at the Cathedral of St. Matthew the Apostle, along with Vice President Harris, Second Man M. Hoff, and members of Congress. President Biden is actually the second-ever Roman Catholic president, and John F. Kennedy was the first, nearly 60 years ago. Alright, so let's hop into the event. In traditional fashion, living presidents did attend the inauguration. Former President Jimmy Carter did not attend, however, because of his inability to travel during the pandemic, being that he is 96 years old. Uh, President Biden said he spoke to President Carter via phone last night, however. President Trump also did not attend, however, Vice President Pence and Second Lady Karen Pence were in attendance. Now, shortly before the event began, the Supreme Court building was actually examined, but not evacuated after it received a bomb threat. Once officials did examine the building, it was deemed safe and no bomb was found. While taking their seats, Vice President Kamala Harris and Second Man Emhoff were escorted by Officer Eugene Goodman, the man seen on video diverting rioters away from the Senate chambers during the January 6th riots. Officer Goodman was promoted to the Acting Deputy Senate Sergeant-at-Arms, making him the second-in-command for inaugural event security. This is definitely something that Officer Goodman deserves, and after further evaluation, it was actually made aware that had Officer Goodman not diverted these rioters away from the Senate chamber when he did, they would have ran directly into senators. It was a mere second difference between seeing the senators and missing them, and that's all thanks to Officer Goodman. Supreme Court Justices Stephen Breyer, Samuel Alito, and Clarence Thomas didn't attend the ceremony uh, due to health concerns regarding the COVID-19 pandemic and their age, but all other justices attended. Vice President Harris was sworn in on two Bibles, one belonging to Regina Shelton, a family friend who the Vice President viewed as a mother figure, and the other belonging to Justice Thurgood Marshall, who was the first Black member of the Supreme Court and Harris's political role model. She was actually sworn in by Justice Sonia Sotomayor, who was the first Latina person to serve on the court. President Biden was sworn in on a family Bible that's 130 years old, and he was sworn in by Chief Justice John G. Roberts. In his speech, President Biden called for unity, saying, quote, Without unity, there is no peace, only bitterness and fury. No progress, only exhausting outrage. No national, only a state of chaos. He also said, quote, Politics doesn't have to be a raging fire, destroying everything in its path. Every disagreement doesn't have to be a cause for total war, and we must reject a culture in which facts themselves are manipulated and even manufactured. Now notably, Biden did not mention Trump by name in his speech, and White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said it was because he thought the speech should be about the American people, not politics. She said, quote, as you saw in his speech, it was about forward looking, not looking back. Now, some Republicans disagree with this based on the actions that President Biden has taken so far, but we'll get into that a little bit later. After his speech, Amanda Gorman, the United States Poet Laureate, became the youngest inaugural poet ever. Gorman quickly began to trend on Twitter and Google as she clearly stole the show. Now, the 22-year-old had two quotes that stuck with many, many people. The first being, quote, But while democracy can be periodically delayed, it can never be permanently defeated. And the second quote was, quote, Not because we will never again know defeat, but because we will never again sow division. After the ceremony, the new president wasted no time getting to work, signing three documents in the president's room at the capitol. These three documents were in inauguration declaration, cabinet nominations, and sub-cabinet nominations, all of which President Biden wanted to get submitted to the Senate as soon as possible. Congressional leaders then presented gifts following tradition to the president and vice president. Now, these gifts included Lennox vases, flags which were flown over the event, and photos from earlier in the morning, which actually was amazing to see. Uh, these photos were taken, printed framed, and given as gifts within hours. Um, Definitely a testament to the advancement of technology. President Biden and Vice President Harris then left the Capitol and headed to the Arlington National Cemetery to lay a wreath at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, while being joined by the former presidents who attended the inauguration. At that point, the president headed to the White House and the vice president headed to Number 1 Observatory Circle on the U.S. Naval Observatory Grounds, which is the residence of the vice president. President Biden was welcomed by White House ushers after walking to the White House along Pennsylvania Avenue. Vice President Harris was actually escorted by the Howard University drumline, which is her alma mater and was definitely a nod to HBCUs everywhere. Shortly after arriving at the White House, President Biden got right to work along with Vice President Harris. Former President Trump, former Vice President Pence, and many other former White House staffers are said to have left notes for their predecessors. Vice President Harris then swore in Senators Ossoff, Warnock, and Padilla. The swearing in of these three senators means that the Senate is officially a 50-50 split, with Vice President Harris serving as the tie-breaking vote if needed. Now, the last time this happened was actually 2001, and leaders from both parties decided not to put anything on the floor without bipartisan support. But it appears that Senate Majority Leader, uh, Chuck Schumer won't be doing that, as he clearly claimed that he is the Senate Majority Leader, um, but is still working closely with Mitch McConnell. President Biden ended up signing 15 executive orders. Now, these executive orders included things that ended construction of the border wall, rejoined the World Health Organization, rejoined the Paris Accord, reversed the travel ban from predominantly Muslim countries, which many referred to as the Muslim ban, ended construction on the Keystone Pipeline, which brought gas from Canada to the Gulf of Mexico, re-implemented diversity training for federal employees, along with requesting reviews of diversity in offices, extended the pause on student loan payments, extended the moratorium on evictions, rescinded Trump's 1776 commission, revoked Trump's plan to exclude non-citizens from the census, prohibited discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity in the workplace, appointed a COVID-19 response coordinator, revoked Trump's 2017 interior enforcement executive order, which brought in deportation guidelines, and implemented a mask mandate on federal properties." President Biden also sent a COVID-19 relief package to Congress, but it had a hefty price tag of $2 trillion, and Republicans are not too happy about that. Now, I mentioned earlier that people have been talking about his actions as it relates to him saying he was looking forward and not back. Many Republican commentators are actually saying that by reversing all of these Trump era policies, President Biden is clearly looking back at what happened. But supporters on the left say that he can't look forward without addressing the wrongs that were done in the past. It'll be very interesting to see how that uh, conversation plays out, because it really is a, a valid point. We are looking back every time we undo something, but at the same time, are there things that he needs to undo? Only time will tell. Now, the inaugural ball will occur, although looking a little different than usual. It'll be largely virtual, similar to the Democratic National Convention. Today was historic. No matter what side of the political spectrum you're on, we can all be proud to have a female, to have a black person, and to have a South Asian American in the vice presidency. I'm Joe Moransky, and you've been listening to The Political Informant.